Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Church, what I'm about to propose to you this morning is both highly lucrative and highly dangerous. Are you in or are you out? Does anyone know where that line comes from? It comes from the movie Ocean's Eleven uh, back in 2001 where Danny Ocean, the main character there, he recruits a group of guys because he wants to recruit a group of guys to follow him so that he can pull off a massive heist. They, the plan was to simultaneously rob three casinos on one night and walk away with a handy $150 million. What I'm about to propose to you is both highly lucrative and highly dangerous. Are you in or are you out? It is a wonderful line. It is, a, it is an invitation, it is an irresistible call, it's an invitation to adventure. In Mark 1.17, Jesus also issues an irresistible call, an invitation to adventure to his disciples and he says this, come, follow me. And with these words, Jesus extends a a lucrative and rewarding invitation to experience abundant life and joy and blessing with him. But he goes on then in Mark and he says this, Whoever, though, wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The invitation that Jesus extends to us is both rewarding and dangerous. I love how Tim Keller speaks about this idea and he says that when you say yes to following Jesus, you will experience unimaginable splendour that requires your utter surrender. Unimaginable splendour that requires your utter surrender. I wonder today, as you hear all of this, are you in... Or are you out? As we begin this year and this defining new decade together, it is my heart that Jesus is placed front and centre. I want to see Jesus front and centre. I want us to focus our lives and our teaching squarely on him and his kingdom. And that for each of us, that we would get either a new or a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. And so our theme for 2020, our kind of a driving agenda as such, is following King Jesus together. And throughout this year, we are going to look and unpack the words of Jesus. What are the things that Jesus said? What are the the stories that he told? What were the truths that he taught? And how can we not just hear them, but what does it actually look like for us to obey them and to live them out? 
We will also unpack his works. We'll consider the things that he did. We'll look at his miracles. We'll look at his healings. And we will learn about how we can do similar things. Jesus says that we will do even greater things than what he did. Miracles and healings and all is a part of what it is that we can be part of seeing happen this year. We'll read of his healing works and reflect on how we can learn about and do similar things. And we'll fix our gaze upon his acts of compassion, justice and mercy. And we'll learn from his ways. We'll see how he was different from every other leader and teacher before him. We'll look at what motivated him, how he lived his life and what following in his ways might look like for today. And so I believe that as we look at this idea of following King Jesus together and we look at his words, his works and his ways, it is going to be an exciting year. It's also going to be a challenging year. And so it's my prayer and hope this morning that if you're here and you have maybe find yourself and you've fallen out of love with Jesus, or maybe you've become bogged down in work or doctrine or politics or ministry, or maybe you find yourself that you've actually been hurt by people. Maybe you've even find yourself here and you've been hurt by the church or you've been hurt by people in the church. If, you, if your trust in the goodness of God maybe has slipped away, if fear and failure is dominating your life, if guilt and shame have taken hold of you, if you've become tired in your work, then as we focus on King Jesus, I trust that you will meet him, that you'll meet him either for the first time and you would know his splendour or that you would fall in love with him all over again and see your life and your family changed. And that you will truly be able to say that nothing matters more to me than Jesus. Nothing matters more to me than him. This is my heart for us as a whole church, in fact, that by the end of this year, we'll truly be able to say, you know what, there is no one else for me. No one but Jesus. And that's how we sang, that's how we began our morning today to say, there is no one else for me, none but Jesus. Nothing matters more to me than him. And maybe if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I just want to say, wonderful, we are so glad that you are here. And I'm really, really encouraged that you are here and part of us. And uh, my encouragement to you today, if you know nothing about the person of Jesus, then you are in the right place. Because over this next year, that is who we're going to be looking to learn from and to understand more of. And so I want to encourage you to come and to do the journey with us. We're all learning. Whether or not you've been following Jesus for 50 years or you don't even know him, we're all learning what it looks like to follow him. So why don't you make this year a year where you say, hey, I'm going I'm to come along. I'm going to get connected. There's some great people here. And I'm going to look to understand about who Jesus is. So let me just unpack this idea a little further of following King Jesus together. Well, Jesus began his ministry with these words, come, follow me. And then a beautiful invitation. And then he ended his ministry with this challenge, go and make disciples. And in between that time, he lived a life and showed people what it looks like to follow him. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it look like to follow Jesus? Well, firstly, I want you to know that saying yes to Jesus is saying yes to a life-changing pursuit of unimaginable splendour, of unimaginable 
splendour. I believe that there is no greater decision a person can make than to say yes to following Jesus and continually to say yes to following Jesus. I want us to see this morning just a few wonderful things that Jesus offers us. Have a look at some of the things that Jesus said. He said that I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Jesus came to bring us abundant life, real life, everlasting life, life that goes on now and into the future. It's a beautiful thing that Jesus brings. He also says, I have not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus brings salvation. Jesus brings forgiveness from sins. He goes on and says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus says, I am the way to the Father. He offers us life with God. He offers us a relationship with God. This is a, a truly a wonderful thing. He says, I am the truth. He says that you can come to me and understand what works, what is right in this world. And he again, he says that I have life. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I wonder today, do you come here tired? Do you come here fatigued? Do you come here anxious? Do you come here today worried, burdened, weighed down by things? What a beautiful invitation. Jesus says, come and you will find rest in me. You can find your rest in me. Isn't that a beautiful invitation? And then he says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Maybe today you find yourself dry, you find yourself parched. Jesus comes and he wants to bring refreshing water. He wants to bring living water. He wants you to, to, to not thirst any longer. This is just a small sample of some of the wonderful things that Jesus said. He brings abundant life, salvation, freedom, forgiveness, meaning and purpose, comfort, rest and living water. And so what does the Bible say about who he is and why and who he is to make these claims and offer this reality? Well, I compiled this little list for us, just a little one. But Jesus is the Almighty One, the Alpha and Omega, our advocate, our author and perfecter of our faith. He's the authority. He's our bread of life. He's the beloved Son of God. He's the bridegroom. He's the bright morning star. He's our chief cornerstone. He's our counsellor, our comforter. He's the crucified one. He's the creator, deliverer, everlasting father, forgiver of sins. He's faithful and true. He can be your faithful friend. He's the good shepherd. He's the great high priest. He's the head of the church. Amen. He's our healer, the hope of the world, a holy one. He's the great I am, Emmanuel, God with us. He's our indescribable gift. He's a judge and defender. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. He's our lamb of God. He's the light in the darkness. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's our mediator, Messiah, the mighty one. He's a miracle worker who's one who sets free. He's our hope. He's the promise keeper. He's the protector, the prince of peace, our redeemer, the risen one, the rock of ages. He's a sacrifice for our sins. He's our saviour. He's supreme over all. He's the resurrection and life. He's the door opener, the way maker, the word of life, the vine, truth, victorious one, and the wonderful counsellor. Come on, let's give him some praise for who he is this morning. This is just some of the things of who Jesus is. Following him brings us wonderful and unimaginable splendour. Lord, we just thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Jesus, we, we, are, we love you. We thank you that you are all these things and just so much more to us. 
And Lord, at the start of this year, we just want to live grateful. We just want to live thankful for who Jesus is, for what he's done, for what he's doing, and for all that he's going to do. And so we just say thank you that in you is unimaginable splendour. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, the invitation to follow Jesus uh, has always been a call, too, that requires our utter surrender. It's a call to lay down our lives, a call to lose our lives, to come and die. Take a look at some of the challenging things that Jesus said. He said, anyone who wants to be first must be last and the servant of all. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. Let the dead bury their own dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. This is some challenges that Jesus lays down on our lives. You see, the reality is that Jesus offers us everything, but he demands everything of us. And the reason why Jesus can give us such unimaginable splendour, but also demand our utter surrender is because he is king. Kanye is right. Jesus is king. You see, we love to talk about Jesus as our friend, or we love to talk about him as our saviour. But the earliest Jesus followers, they spoke about him as king and lord. People in the first century would go around and declare and say, Caesar is lord, Caesar is lord. The early Christians had a revelation of Jesus that he is Lord. And they would go around and declare a dangerous message that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And this image of Jesus as king can be seen really clearly in the book of Revelation and in chapter 5. And here we see Jesus enthroned as the king and seated in the centre of all things. Let me read this to you. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne. Encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nations. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice. They were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said Amen and the elders fell down and worshipped. This is an incredible scene. 
and a really important scene for us to understand that Jesus is king. Here we see Jesus worshipped as the king of eternity, the centre of all things. So I wonder at the start of this year if we can do a little stock take perhaps on our relationship with Jesus. How would you define your relationship with Jesus? How would you define your relationship with Jesus? Is Jesus front and centre in your life? Is he front and centre? If not, then what needs to shift today, this week, this year for that to happen? What's hindering you from making this a reality? You see, Jesus had a way of when he walked the earth to kind of have these um, like line in the sand moments where he would challenge people on why they were following him. And one of the, one of the passages where we see this happening is in John chapter 6. Jesus is kind of, he's going on his mission and ministry, he's healing many, many people and seeing uh, many lives changed. And as he's, as he's doing that, there's crowds that are following him and people, uh, he's becoming really, really popular. And he's just about to do a miracle in John chapter 6 where he feeds 5,000 plus people uh, with a, a, five loaves and a, and a couple of fish. But in chapter 6 verse 2, we get a little glimpse as to why some people are following him. And we see that some of them were following him just because they were attracted by the miracles. They were attracted by his splendour. They were attracted by what he could offer. They didn't so much want to take his teaching on the surrender side, but they were very happy to accept his, the splendour and attracted by the miracles. And so I wonder today, if you are a follower of Jesus here today, why are you following him? Is it because of what he can give you? Or are you following him because of who he is? King. And Lord, you see, many people just want Jesus as a consultant, someone who can there to provide a service for them. But you see, Jesus didn't come as our consultant; he came as our King, and he lives and reigns now as our King. And so, he, later on in this chapter, um, Jesus goes on and he he starts to challenge people. He starts to challenge people on what it looks like to follow him, and he lays down a challenge. And then in verse 66, we come across this really sad passage, this really sad verse, and it says this, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. See, the challenge was too great for some of them, that they turned back and no longer followed him. Why are you following Jesus? Then after this, Jesus turns to the 12 disciples and and he he says this, He turned to the 12 disciples and he asked, do you want to leave too? (laughs) Do you want to leave too? And I love Peter's response, don't you? He says, Master, to whom would we go? To whom would we go? You have the words of real life. You have the words of eternal life. We've already committed ourselves, confident that you are the Holy One of God. You see, Peter has already committed himself. Peter is in. He's like, this is a lie in the sad moment, but he knows it. And he's saying, whom else would we go? You are the one who holds the words of life. You see, Peter knows that King Jesus is not looking for fans. He's not looking for admirers. He's not looking for those who adore him. He's looking for followers who have committed themselves to him as king and to following him out onto mission and to see his kingdom come. 
Followers who know that Jesus has the words of life. Followers who know that although the cost of following him is great, the joy of knowing him is even greater. I wonder, will you pursue intimacy with Jesus this year? Will you have that as your highest priority this year, to pursue intimacy with King Jesus? Will you draw a line in the sand today and say, right, I'm all in. I am giving everything to follow King Jesus this year. There's no one else for me. Nothing matters more to me than to be giving myself and my life to King Jesus. And do you know the good news about that? If you make a decision to do that, to say yes to Jesus, to say I'm all in, the good news is that you don't have to do it alone. You don't do it alone. We do it together. You see, because following King Jesus is a pursuit that we do together and that is in fact best done together. Our faith is personal, yes. Your faith is personal, yes. But it's not just about Jesus and me. Following Jesus is a relational pursuit that we're all called to do together. The person sitting next to you is called to help you to follow Jesus. The person on the other side of the room is called to help you to follow Jesus. We're all in this together. Have a look what N.T. Wright says. He says, The church exists primarily for two closely correlated purposes. The first is to worship God. The second, to work for his kingdom in the world. The church also exists for a third purpose which serves the other two, to encourage one another, to build one another up in faith, to pray with and for one another, to learn from one another, to teach one another and to set one another examples to follow, challenges to take up and urgent tasks to perform. I love this, don't you? It tells us what our role is. And of course, this is what Jesus modelled for us. He had his three and he had his 12 who he invested into deeply. Jesus made disciples by inviting people close to him and then challenging them to look more like him in their beliefs and actions. I've got a few questions for you because this is, this is challenging. Have a look at these questions. I wonder, do you have a life worth following? Do you live a life worth imitating if you say no then what are you going to do this year in order to see jesus leads you to live a life worth following who is close enough in your world and to your life to see jesus's words works and ways lived out in you who's close enough to see that in your world and how are you helping other people to be lifelong followers to jesus you see we follow king jesus but we do it together friends love your people by speaking jesus's words of life with them parents love your kids by living out and modeling the things jesus did his works like praying together believing for miracles together and doing compassionate acts together if you manage or lead organizations or teams and lead in a jesus way ways that show that everyone matters for who they are not just what they can produce for you and I believe that as you do that, then you'll see even greater blessing on your work, in your business, or on your team. Students, model the ways of Jesus to your friends by being full of integrity in your studies and in your relationships. 
Church, the challenge for us this year is to let us live as an example of Jesus for other followers to follow. Live as an example of Jesus for other followers to follow. Invite them close to you. Let them taste the life of Jesus in you and then challenge them to live the life of the kingdom. See, why am I, why am I passionate about this? Why is this? Why is this important to us? Well, it's because of this, that we live in a world that is rapidly changing and much of our future is uncertain and we need a whole lot of wisdom about how we're going to deal with that and how we're going to move through and handle all that. But one of the things that I believe to be true is that our culture is looking for authentic Christianity. Our culture is looking for people, your community, your friends and your family who don't know Jesus are watching and waiting to see if there really are people who take the words, the works and the ways of Jesus seriously and live them out. And if it truly makes a difference in your life and if the the hope that we, we say we have in Jesus is actually all it's cracked up to be. People are watching. They're wanting to see. Are you living, am I living a sincere faith? They want us to be sincere in our relationship with Jesus. And I believe too they're looking for us to model an alternative way to live, an alternative way, a different way to be human, the way of the kingdom of God. So this year, let us help one another follow Jesus like never before. Help the person sitting next to you follow Jesus like never before. Help your connect group to follow Jesus like never before. Help your kids to follow Jesus. Help your husband or your wife to follow Jesus like never before. This is our calling and this is what I want us to see us do this year. As I close, let me just say a few things about how following King Jesus might look for us as an RBC family this year. As our RBC family grows and we find ourselves over multiple language services and over multiple locations, it is really important that we prioritise following Jesus together. And it's really important that we do this together. So in the lead up to Easter, we'll be preaching through the Gospel of Mark in eight weeks and it's going to be a wonderful and challenging series. And alongside this, there'll also be a Connect Group study resource available that links in with and builds on the Sunday sermons. This series will be called Follow Me. And so I want to strongly encourage all Connect Groups to run with this series. We'll also be putting out an accompanying Bible, uh, daily Bible reading and spiritual discipline plan. Maybe you don't have a regular daily Bible reading habit. This will be one way that you can follow Jesus. Maybe you haven't explored spiritual disciplines before. This will be a way that you can explore one a week for these eight weeks. And this will take us through and journey us through the Gospel of Mark. We will understand more of the words, the works and the ways of Jesus as we do that. And this means, too, that we'll be reading and talking about, reflecting on and praying through the same focus as one big family. Across our next-gen ministry, we'll be continuing to focus on seeing the church and parents working together to disciple our children and young people. That's what next week is all about, to have the parents and the leaders together and to say, hey, let's work together on doing this. Together this year, we'll follow King Jesus as we finalise our constitutional review process. Yay! And we adopt a new fit-for-purpose constitution that will put us in great shape, though. This is, this is important. It will put us in great shape to protect our church and to advance 
our mission. We'll follow King Jesus too as we look to move forward with the completion of our building plans. You know, for those who might not be aware or or new among us, we still have an uncompleted vision here for our building plans and our facilities here at our Ross Trevor campus. We have a desire to grow, a desire to change. And so there are a number of parts of our building that are actually problematic for us at the moment and hampering our growth. One is that our auditorium, even here on a Sunday morning, is over 80% full, as it is even today. And so we want to enlarge our seating capacity here because we don't want anyone to be turned away because they can't find a seat. We have uncompleted plans to enlarge our foyer. Why? Because that matters. It's a place where people connect and we don't want people to feel crowded out. We're also needing more function rooms and other rooms as well to accommodate a growing uh, midweek usages such as Alpha and Enriched Life and the way that this church gets used from Monday to Friday. We also need more space to house our paid and voluntary ministry leaders as they work, plan and serve here. Many staff and volunteers are sharing overcrowded small offices with great attitudes, can I just tell you, but we can do, we can do better. We also have a vision to continue to build and to see lives changed across multiple languages and locations. And we believe that in the coming few years that God has even more for us in this arena. You know, our Broadview campus is continuing to grow well under the leadership of Andrew and Rachel Foster. And so we are always seeking to faithfully ask the question, what's next? What other harvest fields would God send us to? And when? When's the right time? And so I believe that this year will be a a preparatory year, a prayerful year for us in regards to as we seek through and discern God's future for us in, in this regard. And of course, we will continue with our ministry as usual initiatives like Alpha, Enriched Life, Tuesday Senior Activities, our vibrant worship services. We continue to want to see our Sunday morning, our Sunday night, our Broadview campus um, filled with the Spirit as we come and praise Him and we worship Him. We want to see this, this life in here as, and we want to see people experience the hope of Jesus in our worship services. And of course, we'll continue with connect groups and all the while ensuring our pastoral care to people of all ages and stages is met across the life of our church. And so I want to invite you today to be in prayer for all of these things and more as we seek to follow King Jesus together this year. God's got more for us. He has more that he wants to do in and through us. Let us continue to lift this place, lift one another and encourage one another to follow Jesus together. Would you stand with me this morning? And I want to invite Ellie to come up. For those of you who don't know, this is my wife, Ellie, if you're new here. And, uh, and I'm going to invite her just to come and pray uh, in a moment for us and kind of commission us uh, as, we, as we go out today. But I really believe this, that by that God's spirit, by God's grace, has been in and has been on our church and continues to be. And that by his spirit and grace that he is using us to do incredible things and to see incredible things happen and to make a difference for his name. And so I'm believing that this year, 
and in the coming decade with increasing favour and blessing from God that we will see more people make first-time faith commitments, that we'll see more people baptised, we'll see more miracles, we'll see more lives changed, we'll see a deeper faith and a greater growth. We'll see more generosity of heart and finances, more boldness in sharing our faith, more experiences of the presence of God as we meet together in our worship services and prayer meetings, more hope and flourishing for those who are doing life tough. And so will you, will you pray for those things? Will this be the top of your prayer list? And would you join me? Would you join Ali? Would you join our leadership team? Would you join the elders in believing for all the things that God has for us this year as we step out and embrace this beautiful invitation to experience the unimaginable splendor of God, but that we also lay our lives down and follow him in utter surrender. So, Han, would you pray for us? Would you commit us to God today? That's what I want this to be, to commit us to God Commit us to the ways of Jesus together. We do this. We do this together. So would you pray for us? Let's pray. Father God, Holy Spirit, King Jesus, we glorify you together this morning as a family. Lord, we, we glory in your presence. We glory in the ways that we have seen you move among us in the past and the ways that we read and believe and trust and know that you have changed our world over and over. In all um, of the years and generations of people who have known you and followed you and trusted you, Lord, we thank you for who you are. Father, we thank you for the foundation of faith laid before us in this church community across our locations. We thank you for the ways that we have different generations who are here among us today and every week who can speak into each other's lives and share of what you're doing. Father, we thank you that you are a God outside of time and you are the God of 2020. We thank you that in this very moment you invite us to follow you. We thank you that you invite us with love and with joy, we thank you that you invite us to follow you curiously, boldly, even those of us who follow you with shaky knees and doubts in our minds and questions on our lips, you invite us all to follow you and to come as we are, Lord. So we thank you that you accept us and invite each and every one of us. We thank you, Lord, for those that you're inviting that aren't here in this building, for those who will have joined us by the end of the year, perhaps for the first time, and said yes to following you. Yes. King Jesus, I pray that you would overwhelm each one of us this year with your glory, with the, the reasons that we should bow down and glory and honour you as our King. I pray that you would teach us to be people who faithfully and cheerfully obey you together. I pray that this year of 2020 would be a year that we encourage one another when we feel low and celebrate with one another when we are lifted high. Father, give us the stamina and the endurance to follow you and obey you as king when the enemy comes against us. We rebuke now his plans in Jesus' name and ask that you would help us to follow you faithfully and to put our trust in you every single season of 2020. Lord, we thank you that you invite us as a loving king and a king of power. We look forward to seeing at the end of this year and at the end of the decade what you have accomplished. 
We pray that you would use us and that we would be people who band together to say, yes, let's, at every invitation that you give us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can trust you and we commit ourselves to you for 2020. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.